Okay, so we are back. This is the spoiler section of our podcast. Uh, so I guess we're into the nitty gritty when it comes to Baby Driver. So Sarah, let's get into this. Let's, let's break down the plot here. Um, let's kind of sketch out the events of this movie and kind of delve in a little bit uh, to the background of Baby himself. So basically how this works out is Baby had an accident when he was a kid. His parents were arguing, they were fighting, and, and they were driving down the road. Uh, because they were fighting, they weren't paying attention, and they, they rammed right into the, to the back of a different another vehicle, and it, it killed his parents, and his he was, well, he was okay overall, but uh, because of the accident, he suffers now from a condition called tinnitus, which essentially means that there is a constant ringing in his ear ears and so this is what gives the movie its quality you know this specific quality which is um the soundtrack right so uh, yet another movie where it feels like the soundtrack is an essential aspect to the film it's uh, it's a character unto itself and um you know baby has to constantly be listening to music just to drown out the tinnitus, the the ringing in his ears. Because it's maddening. Right, because, yeah, if you had ringing in your ears constantly, you would you would go crazy. So for him, it's listening to, you know, old iPods, uh, an iPod that his mother had given him. Um, you know, so it, it makes me immediately flash back to the first iPod that ever came out um, way back in, I believe, 2001 or 2000. It was 2002. <laughs> but anyway, I had a first-generation iPod, by the way. So I had the the black and red one he had. That was the U2 one. That was my first one. Mm. Yeah, well, back then, it was uh, the, the base model was a 5-gigabyte model. <laughs> and that was a big insanity. deal. Yeah, it was a big deal because you could fit, like, a 1,000 songs on that thing. And, like, that was, like, amazing. It was unheard of. Like the, the idea that I could put a thousand songs onto this, roughly a thousand songs onto this thing, and it was like, uh, you know, I'll never need more room than that. But you know, <laughs> so yeah, it was revolutionary for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so baby is constantly listening to music. He's uh, he's got an eclectic taste in music. It's obviously something that his mother started him off on. Uh, she was a singer. Uh, she had a nice voice, and so that's partially why you know he kind of loves the music that you hear throughout the movie. Is because it really stems from his mother and her singing and her interest in that, you know, older music. You know, music from like the you know, the '60s and '70s and stuff like that, which uh, really seems to be in the the. It's kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, it's like that that era, the '60s and '70s music, which really seems to be. As I said, you know, in the re- uh, review that you listened to in a little while uh, with Raker, because, you know, as we forgot to announce this, you know, Raker couldn't be here today. So uh, I did a little bit of a recording with him, uh, and you'll listen to that, you know, later we'll transition into that. But uh, I was talking to him, and, you know, we said that it seems to be like what's old is new again. Yeah. You know, now all of a sudden it's like retro is is cool. You know, it's like go back to like the 60s and the 70s, uh, maybe some of the 80s. And that's like the music, which is, you know, everyone wants to listen to now. So, yeah, it's wonderful. There's some really great songs in there. Some I hadn't ever heard. Shit. <laughs> some I 
had never heard before, but some that were familiar and really classic. All in all, a great soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So uh, so what happens in this movie is when, when Baby was a kid, he was boosting cars and you know, all this. He had this pretty natural uh, ability to boost a car and take it for a joyride, and which is why he's, you know, maybe arguably the, the best getaway driver, you know, in the world or at least in the United States. Uh, and so he uh, unfortunately ended up boosting the car of a local mobster. Uh, not knowing that when he boosted it and set it on fire, that what was inside, and we never do find out, by the way, what was inside, uh, but whatever was inside, it was probably money or, or something. Guns that or was, something. Right. Uh, it was so valuable that uh, instead of killing the boy, he decided that he was going to use those talents, but also force the kid to essentially work off his debt by being a getaway driver and that's what he's been doing for some time now i don't believe in the movie we ever find out exactly how many how many years he's been doing that no we understand he was younger when this all happened but uh we don't find out exactly how many years that he's been doing these jobs but he's been doing it for a long time and so you get the idea that his debt was his debt was probably in the millions so yeah that's what i think too yeah. Because every heist they have, they seem to pull in, I gotta say, like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he would have to do a substantial amount of heist drives to rack up a couple million. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, if he, you know, let's say Baby is 20, 21 years old. You know, he's probably been doing this for anywhere between seven and ten years. And if he does the job, say, I don't know, let's say once a month, right? And let's say the average haul is $50,000 for him. Yeah. That means he's pulling in, you know, how much money? He's pulling in roughly $600,000 or no? Yeah. How much would that be? Yeah, about $600,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah, so we're talking like five plus million he probably owed then. Yeah, Roughly. I'd say that'd be average. Probably fair. So, man, that's just, you know, but anyway, uh, digress. So, uh, so basically what this movie's about is Baby is coming down to it. He's only, you know, got a couple more jobs that he has to do before his debt's fully paid off. And for him, the idea is, okay, once I'm, I'm done, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, this is This is not what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. It's a dangerous job. I'm, I'm unfortunately I'm working with you know, with and for dangerous people. He just wants to be free. He wants to go do something that isn't what he's currently doing because he's being forced to do. He doesn't have a choice, right? So uh, he does, you know, work off this debt. He does do the final two jobs, and about halfway through the movie, that's when he's free. Uh, but he also meets a girl in a diner. So this <laughs> is the diner that his mom worked when he was a kid. And that's where he goes to every day to eat. And he's been doing this for a long time. So this girl just just started there, and you know she's singing, and you know she's she's beautiful, and of course, you know he's enthralled. You know, a because she's pretty, and b because she has a, a nice voice, and you know they start up this you know flirtation, and it you know builds a little bit over you know the course of you know. I don't know, probably 
I say somewhere between the about a quarter of the way through the movie to about half is where this this relationship kind of builds up and you get to a point where you know he kind of makes it clear that he's he's very interested and <laughs> he likes her a lot and it's a sweet little romance you know it's very nice um, but he decides okay now that I'm free I'm going to be a like I'm going to drive cars and I'm going to deliver pizzas. <laughs> So I like the comment like that was fast like I know. <laughs> yeah, like Rookie. dude, you have no idea. <laughs> so so he tries to get honest work and he takes his girl out to this really nice restaurant which was mentioned earlier in the movie. Uh, his bill gets paid for because it turns out that his mob boss or former mob boss or whatever you want to call him uh paid for the meal um he goes to talk to him and he finds out unfortunately that just because he paid off his debt doesn't mean that he's done like he's never done and this is when he finds out the hard truth which is just because you paid off your debt doesn't mean that you get to walk away because you know way too much you've been around so many of these jobs you have so much knowledge i can't just let you go off and do what you want to do so guess what you're going to do more of these jobs for me just because and if you don't want to do it well you'll be dead <laughs> he infers that he will die so but before he dies people around him will die right the that's ones he the cares one about when he says um oh what did he say that uh your girlfriend's cute let's keep it that way let's keep it that <laughs> way like that was the nail in the coffin for him having to do this right like i'm sure he still would have if uh joe's life was in peril but it's something different when you're a significant other the person you're interested in is in danger <laughs> Correct. And, you know, referring to Joe, Joe, of course, is uh, his uh, adoptive, uh, his foster parent. You know, after his parents died, turns out Joe, this man, adopted him and raised him. Uh, now Joe is is older and it's actually Baby who is now caring for him. So uh, Joe, of course, is another person he has to worry about because you get this mobster and, you know, if things go sideways his foster parent could be you know dead he could suffer for it yeah. and that's something he constantly worries about so once he's kind of pulled back in here he does it reluctantly there's no joy in it and that earlier in the movie it's kind of like you know kind of i don't want to say carefree but things are going good you know because at that point he's working towards getting out and so there's a lightness of foot there's this kind of just happiness about him. And then, of course, he meets this, this girl, and, of course, that adds to his happiness. But by this point in the movie, his demeanor is different because he isn't free. And, yes, he has this girl, but now there's a weight upon his shoulders which wasn't there before. Um, because he's forced into doing this, these jobs again. They're hoarding his, his girlfriend and Joe over his head as people that could suffer if he doesn't do... You know what you know they want and so you see a different side of baby he's now realizing that if he's gonna get out of this it's gonna require a risk on his part and so he kind of starts formulating this plan and eventually you know the teams he work he's working for Jamie Foxx comes into the picture he's just crazy character nuts um, great performance that by him crazy that shit crazy <laughs> And so there's other people that we meet throughout the movie, John Hamm's character and John Bernthal was earlier in the movie as well. 
and uh, eventually they find out the baby has been recording these conversations, <laughs> you know, the, all these conversations. Know. And he's been going home and taking these conversations and turning them into music, his own little tracks of music. Yeah, it's innocent, but it's innocent, that's but... a bad no-no for them. Right. And when they find this out, they, the, the thought is probably they're going to kill him. But then he, he talks his way out of it and says, I'm going to drive for you tomorrow. That's it. Yeah, they do this job, um, and it goes sideways. That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. It goes things, really sideways. Things go bad, real bad. And so this is, you know, the chance the baby needs, but at the same time, it, it, it goes so bad that it puts his own life in, in danger, not from, just from the people who he's with, but also from the cops because, you know, people get killed and he's running through parks and he's evading the police and, you know, it's just complete pandemonium. He hijacks a car, you know, from this old woman and, you know, because earlier <laughs> in the movie... Yeah, throws her purse out to her. Earlier in the movie, uh, one of the characters, I think it's John Brunthal, uh, says to Baby that at some point he's going to have to get his hands dirty. You know, so because at this point, Baby's just a getaway driver. So he doesn't have to go in and stick people up. He doesn't have to do the robbing. He doesn't have to, doesn't have to, you know, doesn't have to get his hands dirty, right? So that's kind of changed here because baby's forced to take action where he never had to before and it requires him to have a gun and yeah how you know taking somebody's car and you know goes into the diner to get his girlfriend and um you know you have one of the, the guys that he was with um oh, what's his name? well he actively takes a life uh because bats is not getting off him getting off him and giving him a really hard time he just i did not expect that <laughs> there, right. there was no way I, I saw the rebar and i'm like man someone's gonna get hurt and like smash into that or something like i can just see that coming in no way did i think that baby was gonna be the one to go drive into it so he could kill him like what <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, and, and I, yeah, I forgot to mention this. So that's kind of what sets everything off because, you know, they ran into the bank, they took the money, and then they come out and Bats is just trying to get Baby to go, and Baby isn't. And then all of a sudden, he just slams on the gas and runs right into the rebar. Rebar slams through the windshield, smashes into to Bats, and kills him. And that, that stops the getaway driver part because they can't go anywhere. So everybody has to get out of the car, and there's a, you know, Cops People are shooting guns. Cops are everywhere. That leads to this big showdown where uh, Buddy, who's John Hamm's character, his girlfriend gets mowed down. Because she's so stupid. Like, she yeah. doesn't have body armor on. She's just like, nah, I'm going to walk in front of 40 cops and open fire. You yeah. idiot. What do you expect <laughs> of course you're going to die. Right. Yeah. So so then he runs off to the diner. Uh, you know, he hijacks that car and from the old woman, gets there, and Buddy... Is, is there and so he actually you know shoots buddy in the chest uh, unfortunately the cops are there and yeah it just he gets out of there with with um his girl well the only reason that um buddy beat him there is because he had to go get joe and drop him off at a nursing home first which i thought was really sweet yeah yeah stop pick up the joe. Money and... yeah, yeah. Well, because he had to, he got in there and it was like they had already been there. They'd already, 
hurt Joe a bit. You know, you could tell like he he was on the ground, and Baby's apologizing, and you know he's he's telling him that he has to leave. It takes gets the money from uh, underneath the the floorboards, and they head to the nursing home. He leaves this recording because Joe, of course, is deaf, you know, so he it's a lot harder for him to communicate. So he leaves a recording, you know, letting them know who he is and to take good care of him. Uh, spread peanut butter on toast right and yep exactly right to the edges like he likes it and you know so then he goes to get uh his girl and buddy's there and he's 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 intimating that he's gonna kill her of course right yeah no no for baby and yeah and her name is deborah by the way the, the girl and so you know baby ends up you know, shooting Buddy in the chest. Uh, Cops are there, and so they hightail it out of there. They get into a car, and, you know, they hightail it out of there. So they manage to get to a uh, parking garage, uh, which is the parking garage that they they always go to when they get done with the heist, and that's where uh, Kevin Spacey's character is. Because he goes to ask his help. Like, he has all the checks and everything, all the banker's checks. And Mm -hmm. so he's trying to trade that for his help and one cassette, the one labeled mom. Yeah, which, yeah, that's his mom's recording that he left to him uh, many years ago. And it's, like, his most prized possession, of course. And uh, initially, Doc's like, I can't help you. And then once he sees, you know, Baby and Deborah together... It's like, he's just like, damn it. Okay, fine. You know, (laughs) so he realizes that, you know, without their, without his help, they're as good as dead. So you could tell that even though Doc has kind of been a bit cold and ruthless all this through the entire movie, there's a moment where he, he kind of shows his, his true colors, which is he spent you know, a decade or so roughly with baby. And there's no way that he could have spent all this time with him and not develop some kind of feelings for the kid. Um, so that kind of leads him to helping them. And when they got to the parking garage, uh, there's, there's thugs there and doc ends up mowing them down with a shotgun, gets shot a couple times himself and then a cop car comes around, and you initially think, okay, the cops are here, all right. And then you find out that a buddy is in the cop car. He managed to get, uh, he shot the cop in the diner and got to the car, you know, and hopped into it. And, of course, he knew exactly where they were going to go, followed them there. And this leads to a showdown in this parking garage, and it's one hell of a showdown. He completely mows Kevin Spacey over. Oh yeah, I was just like, so shocked. Runs him over and then backs up over his body. Yeah, it was lovely. <laughs> so they could have yeah. done like the obvious thing is have like you know Kevin Spacey be the ultimate villain showdown, but they didn't. They decided to go a different route and have him actually have some like this human nature to him that you know he has empathy for but baby because he's been with them so long and they've been a team for such a long time that there is some care there and i like that i like that they went a different route instead of just having him be the ultimate uh vengeful evil final boss kind of thing and yeah but sad he died though right <laughs> you end course. up liking him a bit 
Yeah, a little bit at the end there. You're like, okay, this guy has some redeeming qualities. Uh, but he has a cute but, nephew. <laughs> right. That nephew right. is like the cutest and scariest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, well, he's going to grow up to be like dear old, you know, uncle. Chip um, off the old block. Yeah, so... Um, so Buddy and and Deborah and uh, Baby, they got into this kind of battle and cars and stuff. And ultimately it ends with Buddy holding a gun to Baby's head and firing right past his ear um, to take away what little hearing he has seems to have left. Um, so rather than just shoot him, he's actually going to do more damage to his ears Um because it's kind of like the revenge for his girl being killed. Um, and of course, he's going to kill Deborah. You know, I mean, it's, it's he's going to take his hearing away and kill Deborah. It, it's just... Take the things he loves. Right. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't happen. Of course, Deborah uh, tries to help. And it, it helps just enough that it allows Baby to uh, um, help they help, I think, what they, they push him or they ram. I'm trying to think. They, they ram him, they run him but off the road. he rolls out of the car and then there's that kind of showdown. And yeah, he looks like he's backing up and he just kind of trips, I think. Yeah, I think some, something like that. Anyway, he goes over the edge and falls to his death. And uh, that's it. So then they hop in the car and they're like, okay, we got to get out of here. So they head down the road. And initially you're thinking, okay, this is going to end like in your typical fashion, where it's just going to be like the taillights into the sunset kind of thing. But instead, they're crossing a bridge, and there's a cadre of police there. Uh, and initially, she's she's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna run for our lives. And then he stops her and says, you know, you don't deserve this. This this isn't for you. This isn't you know your life. And so he gets yeah, out. You don't need to go down with me. Right. So he gets out and he goes and turns himself in. And there's a trial and a bunch of people show up in his defense from Joe, of course, and, and Deborah to the woman whose car he took, but gave her the, the purse the and purse. apologized, apologized for taking the car uh, to the woman in the bank uh, who he signaled uh, to not go in the bank uh, as she was coming to work because you know, he didn't want her to get hurt. And so all these people kind of show up and say, essentially, uh, he's a good person. He was, you know, forced to do this um, against his will. His life was threatened. People he cared about were threatened. So, you know, he's not a bad person. He doesn't deserve to be in, you know, jail for the rest of his life. So I, mean, I believe he gets five years, but then he gets he out. He gets I, I believe. 25 years with five years parole. Oh, that's right. That's it. 25 years, the five years parole, five years goes by and he comes out and Deborah is, you know, waiting for him in this, this classic car again, looks straight out of the fifties. Um, yes, not just the car, but not just the car, but what she's wearing. Her dress, and, everything. Yep. Yeah. So then they get in and they go down the road and of course his hearing isn't that great but she's playing his mom's tape and she's you know talking about how good her voice sounds and um you know she's singing she's also singing herself and you know that that kind of ends the movie and uh yeah so we kind yeah of i like that he ends up doing what joe does and that's putting his hand on the speaker to you know, here with feeling and not with his ears anymore. I thought that was a mm -hmm. nice touch. Yeah. 
it was a nice touch, a nice reference to an earlier moment in the movie uh, when we first get introduced to, to Joe. Yeah. And cool thing, the guy who plays Joe, um, CJ Jones, he is deaf himself. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> and he's done lots of movies about being deaf and you're still having a life while you're deaf. And I thought that was cool. Like He actually picked somebody who's actually genuinely like that and good for the role. Right. Yeah, they don't have to try to fake it. They, you know, he's he lives it. He knows how to do it properly because it's his life. You know, yeah. he can he can represent somebody who is is deaf and do it, you know, justice and on screen. So that's fantastic. So, um all right. So, this, we just kind of laid out what happened in this movie here. Uh, so Sarah, um what did you think about the performances in this movie? You know, Ansel Elgort, I thought was amazing here. I thought he did a great job, but I think the entire cast really does a fantastic job, and that includes, you know, Jamie Fox, who, um, as I said in the non-spoiler review earlier, is a hit and miss kind of actor for me. Sometimes he'll knock a, a movie out of the park, and sometimes he just doesn't really show up, or maybe it's the character itself, which isn't that great. Before. One reason or another, he doesn't always seem to really give a, a great performance, uh, but he is a good actor. So, but in this movie, he he really um, stands out as Bats. Yeah, and I was like surprised because I had you know looked at IMDb before I went to see this movie, and he's not listed with the main cast, but he's in here. Like John Bernthal is second on the casting list under Baby. And Jamie Fox is in it way more than he is, and so I was really surprised. I'm like, oh crap, he got a really big name. Like Jamie Fox is in here too. Like, damn, I didn't even see him on the list. Uh, but he did a really good job. Um, he could be really creepy and um, very intimidating. He was really good at that, especially when Baby's trying to like sneak out to get away, and you just see his eyes like open. It's like, oh, shit's going down. <laughs> But yeah, he did a really great job being crazy. Not smart, but crazy. <laughs> and yeah, like all the actors did a phenomenal job. Like everyone kind of knocked it out of the park. There was no weakness whatsoever. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Kevin Spacey does his normal, awesome. You know, Amazing. you kind of, you kind of almost kind of get desensitized, if that's the <laughs> right word, to how great Kevin Spacey is as an actor. Sometimes you, sometimes you just take it for granted how good he is because the role of doc in uh an actor uh lesser caliber of actor would have come across so much like flat you know the because if you look at the actual character i mean there isn't a whole lot to him so it, that requires an actor to add that depth through a variety of uh, you know the, the inflections when he speaks um, the ticks and mannerisms um, that the, the actor brings to the role, the um, nonverbal, you know, um, body language, the, the you know, stuff like that, which really, I mean, that's ninety percent really of acting. It's not what you say; it's how you say it, uh, and it's the it's the body language that you employ as an actor. And so I think Kevin Spacey did this movie. Um, a great service just by being in it and bringing his his greatness to the forefront because uh, like i said doc if you look at the actual role it's not a deep role but an actor of his caliber made it so much more you know so 
he's a, he's great here. I think Jimmy Fox is great. I think John Hamm, similar to Kevin Spacey, uh, there's a little more there to work with, I think. But uh, he does a really fine job here as Buddy uh, taking yeah. a role, which initially just seemed as like a, a very minor character and ended up being a you know much bigger character overall in the film. Um, so he did great. I mean, everybody did great. Ansel Gort, great job. Um, he and I brings. Don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, or if it's. I don't know if maybe Kevin Spacey and Ansel uh, maybe connected on Baby Driver, but they're also in an upcoming movie, Billionaire Boys Club, together. I thought that was cool. Like, I wonder if they're actually like friends in real life, or if that's just a total coincidence or not. <laughs> No, I think that happens a lot where if you work with somebody and the two of you really gel, um, you know, Kevin Spacey could be like, well, hey, you know, there's this movie, I'm attached to it, and they're looking for, you know, a lead or they're looking for this role, and I think it'd be great if you, you know, tried out for it, or I could, you know, throw my, throw a word in for you and, and see if maybe you could snag a role here. Um, I think that happens a lot in Hollywood you know, actors doing favors for other actors or connecting with another actor and finding a way to work with them again. So I won't be surprised. Yeah. Best. I mean, look at Brian Fuller, like all his, uh, all the people he works with are usually people he's had past work with. And he recommends a lot of people for different roles and his word is always one that can be trusted. So that's definitely a good prime example too. <laughs> that's not, uh, not surprising. Right. Uh, yeah, so Lily James, I think for a role that wasn't especially deep either, I mean, it, you got to remember something, this movie is very fast paced. If you look at how much time really passes in this movie, it's not a lot of time. You know, we're only looking at a manner of, of weeks, you know, maybe a month at most. Um, so because of that, this movie is very brisk, you know, it really flies, um, through its plot. You know, so because of that, the actors, you know, they they do as much as they can with the rules because the rules aren't especially deep because baby is the is the main role here. This if you get any depth at all, any true depth, it's it's through baby because it's really about his character first and foremost. So yeah. that's why so much time is devoted to him. Everybody else gets. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, everybody else kind of gets the scraps. Um, and that's just unfortunately the way it is. So in this movie, considering what happens and how much like the, the runtime and everything that we, we watch play out, um, the getaways, the driving, all that stuff, there isn't a ton of, of room for, you know, delving into all these characters. You get what you need. You know, the characteristics of, bats you know he's a crazy guy and you get proof of that you you know you know that uh deborah is a good person and she just wants to hop in a car drive down the highway and go wherever i mean you get little things here and there throughout the film that that give you just enough detail on these characters and that's it and that's fine there's nothing really wrong with that but you know there, there's only so much you can do and as an actor you've got to You've got to explain more, you know, through your acting and through your body language and do the best you can to kind of make these characters feel as three-dimensional as possible. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't have a lot to work with. So I give credit for them 
to to do as much as they have done in this movie. Yeah, totally agree. Like, definitely, there's not too much in depth with certain characters, and they really brings an element of something good to it that's you know not just bland. It's surprising and really adds to the story. Totally agree. Everyone did a really fantastic job. Yeah. I thought the directing was great. I think Edgar Wright did a, a fantastic job. And one of the things that I was really impressed by was his the scenes uh, with the getaway driver parts where babies, you know, flying through the streets and getting away from the cops. And one of the things I really appreciated here was a little to no CGI throughout the entire film. Yes. Um, and then the second thing was that he didn't employ, you know, shaky cam which is everywhere you know it seems like anytime there's a an action sequence or a driver is flying down the road it's like cam like the the camera is shaking all over the place um, it reminds me of the born identity when the mini cooper scene where you know born jason born is trying to get away from the police and it's a really good sequence by the way but one of the things i really like about that if you go back and watch that movie is that you know what's going on throughout that entire sequence in that movie like there isn't any point where i'm like wait how did this happen you know and that happens a lot when i'm watching movies where you don't really know how the you know how this sequence played out because it's just like okay he's driving down the road and all of a sudden there's like a big shaky cam and it's everywhere and then it's like back to him going around the corner and then more shaky cam and it's it's something that i hate to see because it's actually like pervaded almost all Hollywood movies. But in this movie, it reminds me of the Born Identity where it's just like, it's so well shot and choreographed and you can clearly see baby, you know, making all the turns and, you know, flying between this obstacle and that obstacle and careening around this car and slamming around the brakes and just, you know, spinning the car and doing all these amazing things. And I clearly understand how he's such a good driver, like because of the clarity with those uh, driving scenes, which I think is just fantastic. Yeah, it's not like over the top, like that'll never happen in a million years. It's believable. Seems like a generally good driver who can actually do these things. (laughs) And hats off to the editing. I mean, when you can line up music with scenes and each like you know beat drop or pick up in pace that moves with the scene i mean that was incredible it was phenomenally done nothing was really missed or nothing was off key it was just perfect <laughs> everything hit well one of the things that great is known for is his editing if you watch Shaun of the dead or hot fuzz or um the world's end any of his movies, it's his editing really stands out because when he's doing comedies, the editing is um, helps with the comedy. It helps, you know, uh, set the timing and the jokes and all that stuff. And, and he's just so good at it. So to bring that to bear on a movie like this, which is much more action action packed, I think uh, really adds to what makes this movie so great because I mean, it's different for him. This is by far his least funny it's still funny at times, but his least funny and most action-packed movie uh, he's ever done. And, and Hot Fuzz has some pretty awesome um, action set pieces, especially at the end. But but this movie is just a different beast. 
and totally. uh, I thought he did a great job here. So the directing is really, you know, top notch. Yeah, 100% agree. Did a fantastic job. Um, so we talked about, you know, we talked about all the things we, we like about this movie, but I want to talk about a few of the things that I, I didn't like. Yes, <laughs> there's a couple things. So for me, I think the third act in particular, and, and I mentioned this in, in the review with Raker, that I think the third act is a little weak for me. I, I think there's a little unsteadiness, uh, especially in the very tail end. Uh, I feel like Edgar Wright just didn't quite know what to do there towards the end. Um, how he wanted to wrap up all the storylines, because the last five minutes... I mean, goes by in a blur. I mean, he gets arrested and then jail and or the court, uh, the court case and and then jail and then he's out and it's like five minutes, boom. I mean, you get the resolution and everything. So it felt like he seemed to tie it up just a little too quickly. I would have liked a little more time at the end, um, but and and I think I don't know. I mean. I like, on one hand, I like the buddy character and the arc that he played, but at the same time, his shift from a guy who got along with, with, um, baby so well in the film to somebody who all of a sudden was like, he, cause I remember in the, in the movie for the longest time, he and, and baby were like simpatico. Like they just seemed like they got along pretty well. And then there's this one point late in the movie where he just looks at baby a little suspiciously. Like all of a sudden he feels like there's like baby's not being truthful or honest or he's, he should be worried about him. And like, it, it just seemed like a weird, like I didn't understand why all of a sudden he felt suspicious of baby when he'd never really felt suspicious of him at any other point prior to that. It was just like this weird t- twist to his character. I was like, all of a sudden I feel like I have to worry about this kid. And yeah. you know, th- did he really? Well, yeah. I mean, technically yes, but I didn't feel like baby did anything in particular, which would have caused that to happen. And so like his character went from being like, Hey, we're buddy, buddy to I'm going to kill you, your girlfriend and everybody you love. <laughs> like, okay, well, <clears throat> that was an interesting, you know, the only time they really mention yeah. this side of him is when darling is talking about him and that when he gets pushed too far, uh, he just goes completely black and, uh, all he can see is red and it, it, it's tunnel vision. And I think that, I guess that's what happened here. And that's what the reference is to, mm-hmm. but it does just, I totally agree with you. I thought it was like, damn, that, that car went off a cliff with this guy. <laughs> they were pretty, you know, symbiotic and had a good relationship. And then it just took a deep dive. Right. Like, like the, the whole, like seeing red and just seeing, or seeing black and just, you know, like, okay. I mean, I understand that. And, but I think it was just the initial turning on baby or being wary of him, which just like, I didn't feel like there wasn't something I felt like he saw or like if baby had said something, which like set off an alarm bell or something, um, maybe that would have been like, maybe I could see like a, like a slight turning point where he suddenly started to maybe 
maybe watch baby a little more and then maybe he saw something else and then that was like okay i'm thinking there's something going on here but it was just like all of a sudden he went from being hey we're buddies to uh hey what are you doing i'm i'm now following you oh you're gonna go visit your girlfriend okay uh you know yeah it was just like this weird twist to the character because it felt like they needed to give baby somebody to really face off with in the end that's why i feel like the third act in particular for me kind of isn't it because the first two acts are great the first two acts are fantastic the pacing the acting the writing directing all of it top notch but it's like act three it felt it just feels a little jumbled and not quite so sure um like like edgar writes and feel like as, as sure of himself in the third act as he was in the first two acts so yeah. Um, let's see, something that bothered me. I already mentioned Darling opening fire on 40 cops. Yeah. But um, uh, beginning when he's driving them to the bank to go rob it, and they all get out in like the bank robberish fashion of like everyone gets out, puts on their sunglasses, and puts on a scarf. Like, could you be more obvious bank robbers? Like, I was like, right. be a blend in just a little bit, guys. Like with the dramatic music and yeah, I was kind of like okay. And then it's also like the beginning where he's driving the car and it's like it's like an ad for Subaru almost because like right. every single scene it looks like the car zooms in on the logo and then goes up to baby. I'm like okay, Subaru, we get it. You endorse this movie. <laughs> yeah, product placement maybe just a little too much of that in this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, like, uh, there isn't a, a lot to dislike about this movie. I mean, when it comes down to it, this is a, um, a fast-paced, uh, br- I want to say breezy, because that's not really the right word. But, I mean, it's kind of like Superman, or not Superman, Spider-Man last week, where it doesn't feel like I spent two hours in the movie theater when I watched this movie. You know? Like, it felt like yeah. it really zoomed by. And it's good pacing. Right. And that's the credit to the script it's a credit to the directing and everything about this movie. but Because the movie doesn't linger on anything too long. The scenes are relatively short. And, okay, now we're on to the diner scene with Deborah, And we're there for a couple of minutes, maybe. And then, boom, we're on to another scene with, you know, Joe. And we're there for, like, a minute and a half. And then we're on to another scene. You know, so it's like there isn't, like, these, you know, four, five, six-minute-long scenes that we watch play out it's it's pretty quick and the cuts are pretty quick it's a it, it's like i said it's a breezy feeling kind of movie despite you know all the the action set pieces and the gunfights and all that stuff it just it feels like it flies along yeah constant um, movement right so there's like a real energy to this movie which i think is one of its biggest assets actually so yeah definitely agree there's definitely a very unique energy to it where it's just got this touch of, and you got your actiony type of vibe of the modern day mixed with a vintage reach back into time with music and style kind of flur to it. And mm-hmm. I think it's a good combination. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, great performances in this movie. Uh, the script is good. Uh, the directing is is really good here. Editing is is excellent. Um, you know, there really isn't a whole lot, like I said, to dislike about this movie. It it brings enough of its own flair to the kind of 
underworld uh, crime boss and getaway driver kind of conceit that you know we've seen played out in many many movies over the years uh, but it adds just enough of a twist its own flavor to this movie which i think helps it feel fresher like i said earlier than it would otherwise so yeah it's just it's a really good movie i, I just enjoyed it i had the soundtrack is really really good and i love that the music is its own character in a way but it, they also find a way to incorporate it in the movie in a unique way because because since baby has tinnitus and he has to listen to music all the time it gives them a reason to feature the music as much as they do it's not just yeah. hey let's throw in as much music as we can it's like oh we're gonna do that but we're going to give it give her we're gonna find a way to do it um be a character yeah yeah so all right sarah it's not so just like here's our favorite soundtrack <laughs> right so kind of like um, um king kong king kong yeah, yeah. and then raker mentioned that about how you know um he feels like one of the things that he he this movie kind of feels like it's like a point where it's like every movie needs to have a soundtrack now like guardians started it and king kong and now it's like okay baby driver has to have a, a great soundtrack now and so he felt like he was getting a little tired of it but i told him I said, it's probably because you've seen so many movies this summer where it has that you know guardians 2 and king kong and you know so but i i like it i think it's it's well done and it's incorporated in such a way that it feels like it, there's a true reason to have it in the movie. So, yeah, it's not a, a weakness for me. Yeah, totally. So, All right. So, Sarah, give me your grade and your final thoughts. All right. Final thoughts. Um, as a whole, this movie is fantastic. I highly recommend seeing it. Um, it's got yeah, just top-notch acting, editing, directing, great ass soundtrack <laughs> um everything's pretty phenomenal you got your odd week moments or just moments where you're like are you kidding me like really you're gonna do that but on as a whole pretty great film not much to complain about um yeah i think i'm gonna give it a <sighs> man torn um i think i'm gonna settle with an a minus okay uh, yeah, I pretty much uh, agree with everything you said there. I I just think across the board, it's a it's a well done movie. Um, a little shaky in the third act, but uh, you know overall, there isn't a whole lot to complain about this movie. Uh, but for me, I think it's it's going to be a B plus. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, looks like that's it for our uh, spoiler review here. So uh, check out uh, us next week for our uh, next podcast episode. I think we'll be covering what? Totoro? Totoro. 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 <laughs> yes, and that is, of course, one of the early Hayao Miyazaki animated films. Uh, one of the most famous ones, so it's going to be great. Um, you haven't seen it. I'm not sure if Rake has seen it, but so I'm interested to see some people who haven't seen it before and their take on it <laughs> yep all right sarah so how can people contact us and rate us on itunes you can send us an email or a voicemail by sending it to freaking geeks media at gmail.com we're also out on twitter at freak geeks media 
then of course, if you're listening to this, you know about this. Patreon.com forward slash freaking geeks is where you can check out all our contents and subscriber levels and how you're listening to this. Uh, and also, if you want to hop onto iTunes, give us a rating and review. That's always appreciated because it just gets more people to find us and check us out. Okay, everybody. So I'm going to transition now into my uh, chat with Raker. So um, we'll do that now. All right, Rake, so uh, this is uh, our little interview that we recorded, actually the night before that uh, Sarah and I talked, and uh, we decided to do this because you, know, you had plans, uh, you're busy, and I wanted to you know, get a chance to talk to you about Baby Driver because you did watch it, you said you liked it, and uh, just wanted to get your opinion on it. So let's start the conversation here. Uh, so what's your you know opinion on on Baby Driver. I really enjoyed Baby Driver. Um, as you just mentioned, I know we had that conversation. Um, I think it was, you know, I, after seeing the trailers and little bits of previews and reading about it, go, you know, going into this movie, um, it was as enjoyable as I anticipated. Uh, you know, I mean, to, to kind of sum it up, you know, it's action-packed. It's well-acted, a very good cast. Um, whoever did the casting, great job. Um, nice, you know, story it's a cool story you know what i mean i i think i think the movie's just uh just a cool movie you know i know there's no true definition for cool but uh i think baby driver fits cool um had great action sequences um i i, I please uh <laughs> ask me ask me some ask me some questions okay. right right so, okay so let's um you know uh i know with, with sarah we've kind of delved into the movie you know quite a bit at this point uh in the conversation uh preceding this so i'm sure a lot of the questions that uh, i'll be asking you have, i've already uh, asked sarah uh but you know the, the movie itself I, I guess plot wise i mean would you say it's original i mean i mean not really i mean we, we've seen similar plots in movies in the past so you know yeah. it's not a wholly a wholly original film but yeah, I, think I think what makes it that made the difference is i think all the creative touches to it right yeah yeah i mean it was creative i mean you know you have this character baby um and you know of course he's he's the getaway car driver and he's been doing it you know, since he was young because he had this accident as a child that, you know, um, for whatever reason, if he throws on his headphones, it, it gets rid of the, is it the external sounds and he... Tinnitus. Uh, it's like this ringing in his ears constantly. Yeah. Yeah. So he always has to have this music on. And that's a nice touch. Like, that's something that, you know, that that is very creative. That's mm -hmm. very original. I've never even heard of such a thing until I saw this movie. Um, so, you know, hats off to... Edgar Wright for doing that. Um, it has your typical, I hate to say, you know, likes the girl, you know, she's a, she's a waitress and I want to get away with you. I want to escape this life of crime. I've been living, I'm really a good guy, but I'm just doing this bad stuff so I can live a good life. You know what I mean? That part is, you know, it's a pretty common trope or pretty common, you know, yeah, it's yeah, it is fairly cliched, but I think what makes it so, uh, unique, you know, other than the fact that, you know, how he got his getaway driving ability, uh, 
is, is you don't, huh. hmm. you, you just don't see this type of movie uh, much anymore. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to be more specific. It, it kind of reminds uh, me of Heat, in the, like in the mid '90s. Um, yeah, one it, one thing I tell you what I didn't like about the movie was, you know, now we're we're starting to get inundated with soundtrack stuff mm-hmm. you know like like with guardians of the galaxy for example and i love guardians i mean i'm sure if anyone's listened to the podcast they know how much i love guardians of the galaxy one and two of course and you know here's here's this character he has to be listening you know i can't say he has to be listening to music uh star lord you know what i mean like he they have a great soundtrack and then we reviewed king kong and once you know here's this classic rock soundtrack you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then here you go to Baby Driver. And it almost seemed like, oh, here we go again. You have to have an awesome soundtrack to make the movie awesome. And don't get me wrong. I'm a huge music fan. Um, and I love music in movies. I love I love how that all goes down. And, But you know what I mean? I'm, I'm almost starting to get tired of it now. You know what I mean? Like if the next movie I see, you know, has this retro, you know, music feel to it like oh okay every you know music has to be crucial to this character and he only listens to music from the 70s or whatever um you know what i mean i'm gonna be like ah nah here we go again so i think you know this movie kind of borderlined on that that's one part while i enjoyed the music and i enjoyed the aspect and how important music is to this movie and character the same time i was like oh here we go again you know what i mean like i'm i'm getting kind of tired of this you know soundtrack thing being the too too influential i guess yeah i mean i can see what you're saying i guess i, I will say this about the uh, baby driver i think one of the things that really um makes this a little different is that it's it's crucial to the character i think i guess in one mm-hmm. way this condition that he has um allows edgar wright to you know create this this great soundtrack for the movie, but rather than just creating a great soundtrack because other movies have done it, I mean, that's partly it. You know, there's no doubt that obviously they wanted the soundtrack to be a major component of the film, but I think also because they found a way, a creative way in a unique way to make this essential to the character itself. I think that is to me actually what kind of pushes this ahead of so many of the other movies now i I mean i'm not faulting guardians by any stretch because that's the movie that kind of reignited this uh passion for uh great soundtracks um and so that movie is is original well i wouldn't say original but you know kind of an an updated version of movies we'd seen, you know, maybe 20 years ago that had done this, a similar thing where they'd reached back a few decades and created this, you know, what's old is new again kind of feel like Mm, taking this retro, you know, maybe back in the nineties, you know, there were some movies that took songs from like the sixties or something and then made them cool again for a while, you know, but, but this is, this is the way they went about doing it in this movie was I think about as good as you can hope for in that because he has the tinnitus and, you know, he's listening to music all the time just to drown that out in it. It's a, it's like a character thing, but also, you know, it allows the film to have a great soundtrack, but I agree with what you're saying where it feels like guardians of the galaxy, like the music was so essential, like such an essential component, almost like a character in that movie 
that other studios, the studios were like, uh, I mean, we've got to like do this. We've got to have films yeah, now like the where new the soundtrack formula. is great. Yeah, it has to be like the new formula. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. now maybe it's just because, you know what I mean, seeing Guardians, seeing Kong, and now this movie. Maybe I'm just getting, you know, a little tired of it being that, you know, it's it's so essential, those movies throughout, you know, this this year. Maybe that's all well, it is. The, the I mean, summer, really. I mean, it's yeah. a very compact yeah, amount of time. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just hope that that's not something that's going to get overdone. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good soundtrack, but, you know. I just hope it's not something that every movie you see now has to have like this, you know, soundtrack. You know what I mean? This this this, this soundtrack. So, but um, okay. Uh, so, what did you think about uh, the directing? You know, Edgar Wright is known for, you know, Shaun of the Dead and and, and obviously uh, Hot Fuzz and and you know the Cornetto trilogy, obviously, and some other films. Uh, this is a well, departure for him. But how do you yeah. think he did it? Well, Ant-Man too, that? correct? Huh? He did Ant-Man? Uh, he was supposed to do Ant-Man. Oh, that's right. He if bailed out on Ant-Man. Who, who ended up doing Ant-Man? Do you remember? I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, that's right. Edgar Wright was supposed to do Ant-Man. That's correct. That's why every time I think of Edgar Wright, I think of Ant-Man. Um, and I thought Ant-Man was great, by the way. And I'm not trying to throw an extra Marvel plug in there for anyone. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not. I'll be honest with you. I'm not familiar with... Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. I, I don't get into the, those. I haven't watched those movies. Bottom line, I haven't watched them. And I know okay. a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, you haven't seen those movies? Because they are, you know, classics, quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need to watch them. But I have not seen them. So, for me, this was more of an introduction to Edgar Wright than anything. Um, so, okay. but in terms of just the overall directing, no, I thought it was good. I mean, it was good. I, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, I enjoyed this movie, and I know I said that from the get-go. Um, but it wasn't quite the surprise hit that I was expecting. Like, every summer has that surprise hit that you go see this movie in the summer, and you're just like, wow, that was really good. It's too bad it's not going to get, you know, the box office numbers or the critical acclaim it deserves. But, you know, you know, it's still a great movie. Um, this, as good as it was... Still didn't reach that for me. Like, I, I go back to my District 9 review back whenever, you know, a couple months ago. And that was a surprise summer hit. You know what I mean? And I, I was kind of looking for that magnitude with Baby Driver. And, and as much as I enjoyed it, and I, I really enjoyed it, it just wasn't, it to me, it just couldn't overtake some of these other summer blockbusters that, you know what I mean? Like there's that, like the surprise movie can, you know, I, I, I kind of want to leave the summer being like, yeah, you know what? After all, over all the movies I've seen, surprisingly, you know, my favorite or one of my favorites was this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't think baby driver hit that point yet. So, okay. um, but I, I do believe it was a little bit more low key compared to some of the, in terms of promotional, movies you know in terms of the summer you know what i mean when they list summer blockbusters no one really brought up baby driver so just the fact that it was as good as it is was it was a was a pleasant surprise even though i expected it to be good uh but it didn't it didn't quite meet that magnitude but right yeah back to your original point you know you asked about the directorial you know for me it was my introduction to edgar wright like you know outside of his name and I was, you know, I, I was pleased. Uh, I remember leaving the theater saying, you know what? The next thing this guy does, I'm going to watch, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's almost like, you know, it's almost like when Kingsman came out, you know, a while ago. You know, the first Kingsman, of course, we're anticipating the sequel. Um, I was like, man, when that movie was done, I was like, I need to see a, you know, I need to see uh, a sequel to that movie or I need to see the next thing that, what is that? Is that Matthew Vaughn? Matthew Vaughn. Yeah. And I liked him from, of course, X-Men as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know what I mean? I was like, okay, next thing that guy makes, I'm watching. And I'm pretty much on that boat with Edgar Wright after seeing this movie. I mean, it was definitely a very enjoyable summer movie. Um, and I, I tell you what, I love the supporting cast. I thought the supporting cast was great. Jamie Foxx, who I've never been a huge fan of, great job. Like, yeah. Yeah. I he really, job. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I really ended up, you know, not liking his character for whatever, you know, and for those that have seen it, you know, you know why. He's, he's you know, I just didn't crazy. like him. <laughs> yeah, he was crazy. There you go. And he really, really showed, you know what, I, I like, of course, Kevin Spacey's magnificent. And I like the little twist at the end on Kevin Spacey, how throughout that whole movie, you're like, that's the most rotten dude. You know what I mean? He's so rotten. And then by the end of the movie, you're like, you know what, even though he's, you know, the mastermind behind being, you know, the bad guy, he's all right. You know what I mean? So I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. You know, he worked with with that kid so much that there had to be something. He had to feel something for for baby at some point, you know? Yeah. I mean, the whole time he seemed like a cold, calculating thief, Mm -hmm. you know? And then at the end, you're like, you you know, he kind of showed, you know, that he's he's a human too. You know what I mean? Hey, I was in love once too. You know what I mean? I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was really neat because he didn't show any of that throughout the beginning of the movie. You know what I mean? He just showed the cold, calculating, you know, uh, sarcastic, uh, you know, Kevin Spacey role. <laughs> he was typical Kevin Spacey. Right. And, Which is basically uh, just awesome, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kevin Spacey's fantastic. And then, of course, uh, what's his name? Ham there. Uh, John? John Ham. Yep. John Ham was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I didn't, well, I'd never watched Mad Men, like, entire seasons of it. Right. Um, and I'm sure he's in other movies too that I've probably seen, but I thought he did a real good job in this. Um, yeah, I, I really liked him in this movie. I think, I think he's en route to some bigger things. Uh, he kind of strikes me as a Clive Owen type guy, you know, and yeah. I don't mean just, just in looks, but just like, you know what I mean? Like I could see him being cast and like, you know how Clive Owen blew up there for a while. I could mm-hmm. see uh, ham following suit. And, you know, I could see him getting some bigger roles or some bigger, you know, I could see his name, you know, on the co-star or just on the movie posters. You know what I mean? He's, he did a real good job. Yeah. I, like I said, at the very beginning, I thought the casting was magnificent. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, we haven't talked about uh, Ansel Elgort, uh, the main character you know, of Baby. Yeah. I... So. He did a good job. I thought I'm, he not, did, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not familiar with anything else he's done. He did a movie a few years ago called uh, "The Fault in Our Stars," which is an oh, adaptation right. of a a book uh, right. by Michael Green. And I mean, I've seen it, you know, so I can comment uh, yeah. on the fact that I mean, he. I thought he did a good job in that movie, but I understand uh, just it, people with limited experience with him as an actor might have walked in with a little trepidation, you know, going into baby driver, wondering if mm. like this movie was going to be awesome, except for the lead actor. If only the, the lead actor had been somebody else, you know, the character had been, you know, played by somebody else that this movie would have been absolutely amazing. 
But to be honest with you, I really thought he did a fantastic job here. I mean, he played, I think, Baby with like this almost like like almost like an just, aloof, detached charm at times. You, you know, know, his character seemed genuine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he I think he I think he was fine for that role. You know what I mean? Like I can't imagine anyone playing it better differently, you know? Like I'm trying to think of young actors around his age that could have played that role. And of course there are some, but you know, he I think I think he did a good job. I think that you know, I'd never seen any of his other movies. I didn't I didn't see Fault in the Stars in our stars either and you know mm-hmm. I'm sure people are like, Why you didn't see that either? What kind of movie <laughs> what kind of movie guy are you? You know what I mean? What cinephile are you? Um yes, I'm definitely lacking in many movies, especially ones like that. Uh but you know he he did you know he did fine. I'm not expecting him to get superstar roles at this point, although I rumor has it that he's gonna play a young JFK. Wow. Did you read that anywhere? I, I read that somewhere. Yeah, I, I read that somewhere it. that he's supposed to be playing a young JFK in some movie coming up. Wow. So that's like, wow, yeah, right? I mean, that's a that's the type of role that he better knock it out of the park now. You know what I mean? Right. But his character in this movie wasn't deep. You know, I mean, yeah, he had that childhood accident and stuff, but it wasn't deep. You right. know, but yeah. at the same time, he played it well. Like, I could, I, I can't think of anyone that could have played it better. You right. know. Well, he played the character so. like he was in the movie. You know, he's he's more like a yeah. a guy with insane, some insane talent who is at his core a, a good person who's kind of stuck between you know a rock and a hard place where he's kind of forced really to do this job, and so he does it not because he like really enjoys it, but out of necessity. But deep down, he's not. I think he's got some good taste in music. And um, yeah, you know, and I'm Which sure reminds good, me, huh? Do you do you think his taste in music was from his parents, especially his mom, who you know is a great singer, supposedly, you know, or at least a good barroom singer, right? Or does it come from his uh, blind uh, foster dad? I think it was started by his mother and influenced deeply by her at a young age. Uh, and then I think after that, it was kind of nurtured and continued to be nurtured by his, you know, foster parent. Yeah. So I feel like it's like a combination of the two. And then, of course, I think once he reached a certain age where he could go out and kind of, you know, find his own, you know, music and stuff, he just has continued to, I think, add yeah. to his catalog of What I really liked songs. and I thought was original was the fact that he created his own music, too. Yeah. That was a, that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. You know, and then of course they incorporated that in the movie, but you know, you were talking about, you know, creativity earlier, you know, and I think that was a creative thing in, in this movie was the fact that he would sample voices, conversations, and then turn that into music, you know. So he obviously, you know, his, his love of music transcended beyond just enjoying listening to it. He also got to the point that he was trying to make it too. And that was cool. You know, and another thing I liked about this movie is, you know, at the end there, and I'm hoping I'm in the spoiler edition of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. We've, uh, we've already done that. So. Um, good. Um, you know, it's not like he ran away with her and, you know, off into the sunset. You know, he ended up getting caught, going to jail for five years, and then, you know, meeting up with his girl and 
that was that was that you know what i mean i mean they could have easily written it so that he just outran the cops and could have done that cliche all you saw was the back lights of his car and then roll credits right. <laughs> you know but instead they had him getting captured right when you thought that that's what how it was going to end you you thought oh guess what they're getting away and they're going to ride west and you know live happily ever after avoiding the cops and trouble and so forth but instead right when you thought that was going to be the case they get busted by the cops, he gets captured, and then he goes to prison. Now, of course, his prison term is shorter because of the good things that he did do while doing all these heists, um, which, you know, ultimately helped him. You know what sure. I mean? All those times right. he saved other people's lives and did the right thing. Um, that did, you know, help him in the long run. So that was a nice that was a nice ending. You well, know what it, I mean? I don't want to say table. it was like a shocker, yeah. but it was still at the same time, it was a little more original than your typical you know, movie, typical action movie. Yeah. Well, it showed that there were consequences to his actions, mm. and, and yeah, he yeah. just as, even as a character who reluctantly did everything he did, for the most part, he still did them. Uh, so he just, you know, I think while the movie, I don't think tried to, to judge anyone in particular. Um, I never felt kind of like, like, oh, you know, they're going to make sure that this guy is a bad person, so he's just going to die because I do think that uh, they wanted to make sure that just because Baby was a reluctant participant, you know, all along doesn't mean that he just got to, you know, get away scot-free, you know. So I think that that is probably, you know, why that happened. So I, I particularly enjoyed that. I'll tell you what, one, one last thing here, Michael. Yeah. Um, and wrapping up why I like this movie also is, you know, you had that supporting cast that I keep going back to, you know, Jamie Foxx, John Hamm, Spacey. They never, or Edgar never really has to dig deep into their past to explain the character. Mm-hmm. Like the acting was done well enough that you're like, oh, okay, this is who this guy is. He's, he's crazy. You know, Jamie Foxx's guy is crazy. He's, he's definitely a killer. You know, and John Hamm's guy ends up being like some type of Wall Street guy. But we never know exactly for sure. But you know what? We don't care and we don't need to care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ham does a good enough job playing that character that you're just like, you know, you, you totally don't even worry about what, what, you know, what's he really do and what's his origin and what drives him. You know, the same way for the, uh, the other characters, Spacey and. Yeah, John, uh, John, John Bernthal at the beginning of the oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about John Bernthal. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but that was, that was good. You know, sometimes not needing to say things works out. You know what I mean? Not, you know, it's like a, you know, I'm a, I'm an art guy. Sometimes it's not what you draw that makes the picture a good drawing or a good artwork. You know what I mean? Not what you paint. In this, in this case, it worked in this movie. It's not what you, you know, by avoiding those things, um, it still was fine. You know, I think if he would have, try to do a biography scene, you know, five minutes about each one of the characters, you know, the co-stars there. I think that would have been too much. Uh, it would have so, bogged the movie know, down. Yeah, it would have. And yeah. Edgar Wright, you know what I mean? His The pacing was good and, you know, the movie just went smoothly. And yeah. it was because of good choices that he made. Right. And you were talking about, you know, like artwork, you know, um, a lot of people don't realize it's, it's the negative space yep. that actually is – the biggest factor in whether a piece of artwork is good or not. It's not, like you said, what you draw is what you don't draw. It's yep, the restraint that you show. And yep. I think in the restraint in a script sometimes 
is where the true beauty shines through because if they had gone to extreme efforts to make sure that each of the characters got a nice little amazing yeah two character development yeah it would have been it, it it wasn't needed because like you said all we needed to know about their characters was that Jamie Foxx is a crazy guy uh John Hamm's character is you know a, kind of like a slick uh, you know, even before Financial. Jamie Foxx kind of guessed at his backstory, yep. we all yeah, and see that's all yeah. it took was Jamie yeah. Foxx to mm-hmm. say, "Let me guess, you're this, this, and this." Great diner scene, by the way. Yeah, let me guess, you're this, this, and this. And guess what? There you go. And all John Hamm had to do was look at him, not deny it, and there you knew a little, you knew enough about his character that you're like, okay, you know what I mean? Like that's all. That's all it took. Um, so you know, uh, kudos to to. Edgar Wright for, you know, not drawing things, <laughs> you know, not not getting too deep into character development because it was unnecessary in this movie. Oh, yeah, a movie like this where it's about it's – a, it's a fast, br- briskly yeah. paced movie. It doesn't need that yep. kind of extreme yep. depth into characters. It doesn't have time for that. No. Nope. So nope. just the, the only thing you had to know about was Baby and he did a good job of, you know, painting a picture of what Baby – who Baby is and that was good. Yeah, you know I mean that's that was great. I thought the technical prowess in this movie was good. The chase sequences, the chase scenes, I felt like it very reminiscent of the Born Identity chase scenes. Where, yeah, you know, I liked it better actually. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe because the Born Identity stuff is so foreign half the time. It always takes place in another country, and you're riding around in these cars. Right. That you have well, no clue what they are. In right. Baby Driver, the guy hops in an avalanche. He hops in a. You know, look at the cars he's driving, you know, Subaru Impreza, WRX or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, oh, those are just normal cars and he's such a good driver. Look what he can do with them. Well, you know? I don't I don't mean so much about that. I meant more like the clarity of the driving scenes. You know, like with mm. a lot of other movies, there's, there's so much shaky cam going on half mm, the time. Yeah. Uh, Fast and the Furious is um, big on that. Uh, whereas <laughs> yeah. a lot of times for the sake of creating energy, they use shaky cam. And it's such an overused thing. Whereas like if you go back to the original born identity, it's more about like when that whole like Manny Cooper chase sequence was going on, you never felt like you couldn't understand what was going on throughout the entire chase sequence. And that's the same thing that you see here where the way it's choreographed and the way that it's shot. It's just filmed great. Yeah. It's just, it was just filmed nicely. I understand like every one of those getaway sequences or especially early in the movie, I, mm. I, I can follow from the moment they hop in the car and start burning down the road till they pull into that, um, uh, parking garage. Like the whole time I understand the components of the chase and what happened. I don't have to go, wait a second. How did that happen? Wait, and can you know oh, what? Those you know. scenes weren't so far fetched that it turned you off either. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that cars could not go through that, you know, they did in this movie, but not to the point that, you know, most movies do. In Fast and the Furious is, well, is yeah. as fun as they are and everything. <laughs> I mean, there's things that go on in those movies, which just... That you just yeah, you shake your head. You just shake you just your just head shake and go, head. all right, yep. suspension of disbelief <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, to right. the nth degree. As to where in this movie you were just, I think a lot of it's the fact that, you know what I mean, he was able to just get in any car, any truck, any SUV and just do what he did. It was just like, yeah... That's pretty cool. You know what I mean? He wasn't just in a Lamborghini. He could outrun everyone, you know, because he could go 200 mile an hour and this, that, and the other thing. It was like, you know, you could put him in a Chevy Avalanche and he knew how to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
yeah. make his way around really well. So I, you know, I mean, I thought that was, I agree that the car scenes were really cool, really cool. I, I had some friends that saw that they wanted more car scenes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I get it. You know, you watch the trailer and you think, oh, okay, you know, you're going to see this Subaru, you know, that red car that, that's in the trailers and, you know, advertise, you're going to think you're going to see this movie about him and how good he is in that car. Not so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's more about his character and this part of, you know, him uh, getting out of this life of crime or trying to. So, yeah, yeah it's a good movie. I uh, enjoyed it. Um, I've already, you know, posted my my score. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll repeat on here. Um, you know, I, I gave the movie uh, a B plus. Um, OK, but uh, Raker, okay. you know, why don't you give your final thoughts and uh, give me a grade? Uh I I'm going to I'm going to agree with you Michael. Uh, originally I, I was going into this with an A minus. Um but I'm going to go I'm going to go B plus as well. Not just because, you know, you're my role model and I have to be like you. Uh but no simply because, you know, it, as good of a movie as it was, it wasn't I didn't think it was quite A greatness, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, there was some but third it was very act. Good. I had some third act, which people listening already know. I had some third act issues with mm. the film, and I think there was a point in the script in the the third act where I was trying. I was wondering if Edgar Wright kind of had figured out how he wanted to wrap the storylines up, and I mm. felt there was a little bit of shakiness there in that third act, where the the first okay. two acts in particular were excellent. Very, very well done and were very short, uh, shorthanded. And the third act to me just felt like a little like, uh, I wasn't quite so sure about what he wanted to do at times. And I, I could sense that. Uh, and I felt yeah. like the last, I mean, it's nice to, as you said, like the, you know, he went to prison and everything. And so, yeah. But I yeah. think that there was like this rush in the final five to 10 minutes of the movie. It was like they blazed through real fast and it was like mm, I, w- I wonder if you know was the studio just like a little on his on his tail maybe saying hey this is getting longer or it, you yeah. know we feel like you need to cut this out or you need to add more of this or something and it just like I don't know that was my problem um, and yes it wasn't an incredibly deep movie but at the same time you know yeah I, I thought I thought you know it was just a tad you know I don't know I think a little too popcornish and a little slightly too predictable, even though it did have a slight twist at the end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I went from like an A minus down to the B plus, just because I, I think it could have been a little more of a movie. You know what I mean? I, I think it had a little more potential than what we ultimately saw on screen. So, you know, still I still recommend it. I still think, you know what I mean, if, if you're at the movie theater and you've already seen, you know, some of the – other great movies this summer rather than seeing some of them a second or third time definitely go see baby driver it's it's entertaining it's well acted it's well written well directed you know what i mean it's a very good it's a good movie uh it's just yeah i mean uh, you know a b plus is not anything to be ashamed of you know what i mean no definitely um, not. not not that not that my critique is what matters i mean obviously there's probably people out there that could argue it's an a plus but you know my opinion um, it's a B plus, but yet I do recommend going to see it for, for the reasons that we have mentioned. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Um, okay. I guess that's it for, for our podcast. Uh, 
this week. Uh, thanks, Rake, for for joining me here. Um, next week, I, we don't have our we don't have think a set movie yet that right. we're going to record uh, for next week. I think a possibility uh, is the uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. But yeah, yeah, don't... I, I I plan on seeing that yeah. tomorrow night. So you know, and if they're anything like the first two, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Might, might try to watch that tonight, actually. I might throw that in tonight. Good idea. One of the two. First one or second <laughs> one, I don't know. I'm one of them I'll watch anyway. Right. Well, uh, all right. So I guess we'll see everyone next week. So uh, until then, you know, have a good one, and we'll see you shortly. All right. Thanks, Michael, and thanks, listeners. Yep.